Any dreamers out there? Do you still find time for passions in your life? Our interview today is with David Brawler, the founder of Brawler Books Hybrid Publishing Company. He says the most inspiring common trait that he can pull from his authors are their strength and courage. History will live on, stories will be passed down, generations can be changed because of the work that Brawler Books offers. Direction, not perfection, accountability and coaching from your wine-loving dietitian would not exist without Brawler Books. If the book never happened, this podcast would have never launched. I'm so thankful for David and his amazing company that can spur dreams into action. He's a man that wants to make a difference and he's been told never to lose his enthusiasm. Intrigued to chat it up with a publisher? Stay tuned. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me. I am your host, Lindsay House, registered dietitian, private trainer, accountability coach, author. I have been working with clients for over 13 years, passionately changing the culture of health and fitness. I'm out here smashing scales, helping individuals rewrite the rules to what success looks like in their life. I want to change generational thinking, no more all or nothing mentality, get rid of the diets and believe in the individualized journey. We are stronger than we will ever accept and beautifully made just the way we are. Keep your eyes on your own paper and trust your own path. Thank you for trusting me and letting me be a constant encouragement through your week. Let's get this motivation started. Welcome to your podcast, Direction Not Perfection. Happy Podcast Friday. We are on to episode 85, Approach Life with Enthusiasm, and we will be chatting it up with publisher David Brawler. Whether you are a faithful follower of Direction Not Perfection podcast or you are tuning in for the first time, you may not know that this podcast actually stemmed from my book, Direction Not Perfection, Accountability and Coaching from Your Wine-Loving Dietitian. This book Uh, is the realization of my dream to help individuals with weight and health struggles. It was made possible by the encouragement and advice from my business coach, Andrea Dale, editing by my friend Colin Wankum, and with the guidance and expertise of Brawler Books. It all came to fruition, holy cow. It was such a blessing. And this all was happening because I was leaving my job of 10 plus years as an outpatient counseling uh, weight management dietitian at a hospital. And I wanted to preserve all of these conversations and work that I had been doing with my clients. Just all of this time that had been spent hearing about individual stories and hardships through their weight loss and, and a variety of other health struggles. I was I felt like I was having the same conversation multiple times a day with different individuals. And as I was listening, I was thinking that, man, I think these people feel alone in their struggle. And yet it was feeling common to me because these topics just kept surfacing daily. And I wanted to put something out into the world to help others not feel alone, to understand how to utilize their resources develop a way to rewrite these rules to what success can look like in their lives and that that scale number can just be a piece of the puzzle. It doesn't have to be the whole soul make or break within the journey and just so much more motivation that was going into this book. 
But that's the time frame that that was happening. And, and because the book happened, then the next natural step was to start a podcast. And I'm telling you, this has been such a love and honor to be doing within my weeks. And not only because it is fun to get to reach and touch people throughout where they are in their season of life and their phases, but then also from an interviewing standpoint. And it's an opportunity for me to keep in touch and reconnect with those special people in my life. And today my interview is with David Brawler. And it just really hits home because without David and Brawler books, again, this just may have never have come to fruition. And the book, everything that has driven my business for this last few years is all stemmed from knowing that I wanted my brand to be direction, not perfection, and that I wanted to be an accountability coach, and that the book really was this opportunity for me to sum that up. Um, David, within the interview talks about how business coaches have been monumental and how he built his business and it was my coach that had introduced me to david so i i mean man i feel the same way and how important coaches are to help us hold perspective and to be able to keep that perspective on our progress as well as our wins to even have those others out there to help us celebrate our wins and to to tell us not to give up in those moments where we might feel like it david tells us to approach life with enthusiasm and you know this might just be the exact the exact thing that you needed to hear today. So let me introduce David a bit. He is the founder and CEO of Brawler Books, which is a hybrid publishing company. He and his team work with authors, organizations, and executives to help them turn their stories and expertise into published books. Over the last 10 years, he's collaborated and worked directly with more than 500 authors, nearly 400 titles. Brawler Books has partnered with authors in North America, Spain, and Australia, and books ranging from self-help and memoirs to business topics and personal essays. He's a frequent speaker at regional and national conferences and is a member of the Independent Book Publishers Association. You can find all of his information at brawlerbooks.com, including a place to purchase your very own Direction Not Perfection hardback book to decorate your coffee table. <laughs> All right, let's get this interview started. Welcome, David. Hello, David. How you doing today? Good morning, Lindsay. I'm great. You? Uh, so good and so good seeing you. I know not live, but at least virtually. <laughs> <laughs> That's as good as it gets these days right now. I think so. I think so. And I was just telling David that I'm a little jealous of his background. He has figured out how to do these Zoom things and look super professional. And I need some, <laughs> I need some lessons. <laughs> it's all about adapting to things. All right. Okay. So I cannot wait to introduce you to my listeners. You were my publisher through Direction Not Perfection. And I thought we could just kind of tell how we met. And I just remember our first sit down at Panera. And actually, I was thinking this could kind of be fun for anybody who has ever dabbled in writing or thought about putting a book together. I didn't even know like what my options were going to be. And my book coach introduced me to you. 
And I just remember walking into Panera and we had our sit down meeting together and walking out going, oh my gosh, this is going to happen. Like, <laughs> this is happen. So can you tell us about your business first and then we'll, we'll go into you personally a little too? Sure thing. Sure. No, and that's really what it comes down to. We try to help folks understand that it is possible that they, they really can publish a book. Um, and that's what drives everything we do here. Uh, mm-hmm. We're hoping we make a difference by helping people tell their stories. And we work with authors across a huge range of genres, everything from self-help to faith-based. We do a lot of wonderful memoirs, um, children's books, technical books. It pretty much covers the gamut. And in all of those cases, we walk them through having a file on a flash drive Then that first meeting like you had, Mm -hmm. all the way through having books in your hand and available anywhere in the world. Yes. Oh my goodness. And it's, I remember meeting me in the parking lot with all those boxes of direction, not perfection in your trunk. And I was like, this is better than Christmas. It's real. (laughs) It's real. I get to see my book. I get to hold it. That's it. It's a real book. That's one of the best parts of what we do is seeing that, that look on the author's face the first time when they hold a book and they're like, oh my gosh, it's a real book. Like it wasn't real all along. (laughs) Well, it's not until you get to hold it, okay? <laughs> there is that. <laughs> but that is cool. You get to see, you're really helping people like create some dreams come true here because there's it's hard to finish that process. Like I feel like a lot of people dive in and start to write but don't understand how to complete the process. So yeah, I had a question for you. Do any of your authors inspire you? Because you read everybody's book that comes through, right? Uh, I try to read everybody's books. Um <laughs> One of the reasons I got into this and thought seriously about whether I entered this business or not was because I like to read. I've been reading since I was a kid. Yeah. The unfortunate part is I don't have a whole lot of time to read anymore. Right. Um, we read sep- sections of things as we go through them. I screen what we bring in because we, we don't necessarily work with every author that comes across the, uh, the, 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 uh, the digital transom. But I do love to read what I can out of our author's books. And whether they inspire me or not, absolutely. Yeah completely unexpected and in unexpected ways. More than anything, I take inspiration from their strength and their courage Hmm. to tell the stories that they've told, understand that the, uh, the, the, the kind woman sitting across from me at the table who's, who's in her late eighties, I come to find out that she lived through Nazi Germany and survived. And when you see her story and you get a sense of her outlook, it's the most positive woman you'll ever meet. She smiles all the time. And then you see the background of what she grew up with. Yeah. It's just, it, it takes my breath away at times. I'll read these manuscripts and I'll have to get up and walk away. And it's just, it's striking the impact as, and it really puts things in perspective. Our parents raise us to think somebody else has always probably got it a little bit worse and a little bit better. And you just kind of find how to deal with where you're at in things. But when I read right. these stories, I just want to, I want to zip my mouth and stop complaining about anything oh. um, because it just pushes me that much harder um, and puts things in perspective for me. So absolutely. It, it is very inspiring to work with my authors. Ah, what a great answer. I, the thing that's coming to my mind on this is you can't judge a book by its cover, you know, and the, the thought of like, like you said, who we look across, whether it's on a table or walk by them on the street, everybody's got a story. And they do. 
They do. And, and it's, it's just fascinating to me. Uh, one of the authors that you connected me with, uh, a young teenage author, phenomenal writing capabilities. Again, you, you get across the table from somebody this time. It was a, a Tim Hortons coffee shop at the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, typical teenager in high school. But when you read the story, I couldn't put her story down. Oh. Uh, fictional based story talks about dragons and things, which is not what I typically would read, but yeah. found myself engaged in it to the point where I I read the whole thing straight through and I'm hoping she writes another for my yeah. own reason. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. My mom and I were talking to her about she, like a kid's story book because her, yep. her pictures with her dragons are just really cool oh, too. Phenomenal. Yeah. So you stay on her and I'll stay on her and we'll <laughs> Ember's dragon, right? That's, I'm... that's right. Ember's dragons, Isabel Tilton. Yes. So if anyone wants to look that and up, written put... by a young adult author for other young adult readers. Yes. And she is fabulous. You're right. Like as I was reading the story, the whole, cause I know Isabel, she went out the window and the character just like took over. It was really cool. It and did. to know that she's just now going off to college and she's already put yes. something like that out in the world is <laughs> exactly. Ah, it was awesome. I'm so pumped that that worked out. Um, tell us a little bit about you for a minute, family wise and how this whole COVID thing has been affecting you family oh. as well as business. <laughs> yeah, we've all gotten <laughs> real <laughs> close. <laughs> family, uh, uh, two boys, one in college, finishing his senior year uh, mm -hmm. at UC. And the second is a uh, is entering his very unusual senior year in high school. He's just now heading into it. We're sorting out what that looks like. You know, the one live the one son lives at school off campus, but the three of us here in the house, my wife and my younger son, I have been uh, we've been making a go of it all summer, just like a lot of other families, just trying to figure out how this all is going to work. Side note or a bit of background on the company, uh, the entire company, Brawler Books, was built from day one to be remote. I work with freelancers. My the mighty team at Brawler Books is scattered across the country. Mm -hmm. um, and that was by design. Everything's in the cloud. We really leverage a lot of the technology that's available. And when all of this hit, we didn't really miss a beat. You know, I, I used to joke early on that I had to tell a couple of my designers that there really was a reason for them to stay at home now because they, they all work from home offices and really it, it just had no impact at all on, yeah. on work. And we, we kept moving very quickly and moved forward through this thing. When things finally did hit, we did see a, a, a dip, like so many other small businesses, uh, back in April. Um, I'd really care not to ever see April again <laughs> after <laughs> after the push, but we have pulled back from that, and we've we've kind of countered that now, and we're continuing to move forward. We've adapted. Yeah, that's good. You're so busy that I'm almost like, man, my little prayer for you is to get a little reprieve every once in a blue Not too much, but a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I do work from a, uh, a an office right now. I work from a home office like so many other people and work from, uh, and I just started working from remote offices in different cities, both the Cincinnati area and the Columbia area, just prior to when this thing hit. That's the irony. I was starting to get out and everybody was pulling back in and then everybody went back in. So yeah, the family uh, is just getting used to me being here all the time. It is a bit of a change. The, um, you know, I joke that the, the, the mighty team is comfortable working the way they are remotely. I was the face of the company. I was the one getting out there meeting with authors in the Paneras and the Tim Hortons and those kinds mm -hmm. of things. And I miss that. 
Yeah, yeah I really do. Uh, I, you know, I mentioned the the look on your face as I handed you the books or or delivered boxes of books to you. Um, that's one of the uh, biggest fringe benefits of what we do is the look on your face the first time you see your book. Yeah, yeah. I don't get that right now. I haven't had that since mm. February, and I miss that. Um, it's it's required us to adapt. Um, I try to be a lot more careful and listen even more when I'm talking to people on the phone to try and pick up on those signs that they're happy with the book they're holding in their hands, but it's just not the same. No. Oh, I no. hope that comes back for you really so soon. Do I. So do I. I. I do miss that part of it. But other than that, uh, we have continued strong. You know, we've experienced year over year growth since we started the company and uh, that continues. I don't expect anything less for this year. Yeah. So I have a question for you business-wise, because I think this can transfer over into personal life and whatever. Did you, you've built this amazing company. Did you work with a coach through all of this? Like who's been your accountability team as your business has grown? And I've got a couple of several accountability partners, actually. Um, At the very outset, it was completely seat of the pants. Um, It was was just full scale. I was doing everything I could think of doing and trying to build on all the experience I had for for other small businesses. Um, And that was for the first year, year and a half. Since then, um, I have developed a really strong relationship with a uh, what I refer to as my board. And it's really a couple of other small business owners. Okay. And we get together every couple of weeks, now by Zoom, mm-hmm. and commiserate, try to help each other and hold each other accountable. And all right, so we're going to talk again in a couple of weeks. What can we hold your feet to the fire on? Knowing that they're going through some of the same kinds of things, even though they're completely different business, right? Not everybody knows a publisher. So I kind of stand out from that side of things, Mm -hmm. but we talk on a regular basis and I can reach out to them at any time and say, am I losing my mind? What do I do here? Or, you know, what have you done? Like, you know, somebody that knows somebody that can help me with this kind of thing because they're in the same position as I am. Yeah. That really helps that, that sense of, um, you know, they're up to their neck too. Right. So that has really helped. Um, yeah. And I have also, uh, I made a very smart decision in retrospect and have been very fortunate. I do have a coach. I've got a, a business coach that I work one-on-one with every two weeks as well. It's made a huge impact on the business. Wow. Every two I, weeks still. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Every two weeks. And, and, and it's a push, frankly. He's anxious to bring it up to almost every week because we have so much going on and he sees so much potential with mm-hmm. what we're doing um, that we could go every week, but I just can't find the time right now. Yeah. Um, it's just bananas. <laughs> um, you know what my schedule's like. It just, it's a little on the crazy side. Between those two, between the team of the other owners and my coach who is a, he, he runs his own startup. So he's, he's really in it. Uh, chasing down venture capital and those kinds of things, but has C-level experience and a wide range of industries and the experience to back it up and a tremendously positive attitude. The guy's always smiling. He always brings a laugh whenever we sit down and we talk or we do it over Zoom. Mm-hmm. He just kind of pulls me up because there's times that you know this. As much as you love a business, there is still a grind to running your own business. Yeah. And you need somebody to reach out once in a while and just say, you know what? You're beating yourself up. 
look at the numbers, or you told me that story last week, how that woman told you that you had such a impact, you changed her life. That coach is there to do those things for you. And everybody needs a coach on some level. Reach out and pull you back up and say, hey, 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 get perspective on this thing. Yes. Oh my goodness. Amen to that perspective. Holy cow. And Andrea, who introduced us, yeah. Andrea Dale, who is a coach, who's my coach. She was my book coach and I'll put her information in the show notes as well. But we just had one of these conversations. I feel like COVID <laughs> was getting the best of me. And I was like, Andrea, I think I'm about to shut the doors and just be a stay at home mom purely. Like, oh, you know, don't do that. I think it's just that. And she was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, no, and, and Andrea is one of those people that has a tremendously positive outlook. And, yeah. and we need that as business yes. owners. We need that. But then I think about like transferring that over because this is what I do into fitness or into nutrition, and mm-hmm. how people can like get in that negative spot and to have a coach or somebody tell them, "Hey, do you not remember that you just went and ran a marathon last weekend, or do you not right. remember that that success just happened at the grocery store?" Like just that ability to have somebody else recognize our wins with us. Those Absolutely. It's difficult for people to do that. And we're kind of raised not to, to, to yes. constantly pat ourselves on the back. And, and every once in a while, I think it's probably a good thing to take that perspective. Yes. No. So thank you. Cause I think it's important to hear business. You know, if anyone's trying to go it alone, Hey, consider a coach, same thing in just personal life, life coaching. So yeah, I love it. Absolutely. That- it's one of the things, it's one of the best ways to spend a little bit of the money from your business um, yeah. or, or out of your personal uh, account, if you will, because it really kind of helps you move to that next level. Right. I agree. We all need I a little bit of help. Agree. Yes. Um, can we be personal for a second? I think that the health world has beat you up a little bit as far as physically. <laughs> sure, go ahead. <laughs> Your poor back, what happened? Uh, you I you got were old. like, I fell off the face <laughs> of the earth. And I was like, are you okay? What happened? <laughs> it was just one of those things. I spent a tremendous amount of time, particularly this year, sitting. Um, and it was starting to bug me. And I started to have, uh, this was actually in the last year started to get tingling in my legs, started to get pain, shooting pain. And it was just one of those things that I was coming back from a meeting somewhere and traffic and I got a pain down my leg that just, it was uncomfortable to the point where I wanted to pull over and hop out of the truck and start walking around in circles. Yeah. Um, the long and the short of it is once we finally worked through all the, the challenges with insurance and got a, uh, a professional opinion, and not just me guessing and Googling things left and right. Yeah. Uh, the, the diagnosis was uh, five bulging discs, essentially the entire lumbar region. I had a bulge on every one of them. Uh, oh and as a consequence of that, it was resulting in pinched nerves to my calf. That was the weird part. My right. thigh didn't hurt, but my calf was on fire. Um, so yeah, it uh, never guessed that like that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. And it, you know, it's why me? What did I do wrong? It didn't do anything wrong. It's just one of those things that kind of crept up over time. Um, How has and it, healing from that looked like for you? What's- uh, healing has been a combination of things. I was very fortunate, found a physical therapist uh, locally, no more than about 10 minutes from the, uh, the global domination headquarters of Brawler Books um, that I could go to. So I was going there on a regular basis for a period of time. Um, uh, this was all prior to COVID, actually. It was earlier in the year now. Um, and that really kind of helped. It taught me to take a little bit more care of myself, to do some exercises when it starts to feel this, do this, those kinds of things. 
and I have to admit, I'm not as regimented as I should be. When I was going there, I was wow. doing the things, which is another reason you hire a coach to get on you because now that they're no longer my back coach, I'm not doing the exercises anymore. And you're normal. I think yeah. that's, yeah. So it's it's gotten worse again. But it's just one of those things that you kind of have to adapt. Uh, they gave me choices. They said, you know, you can go through surgery and we can try to fix but it's, you know, at best, it's a 50-50 chance. It might fix it, it might not. And at my age, I just, I looked at it and said, if I can avoid surgery, I would rather avoid surgery. So we we took the physical route and I'm supposed to be doing exercises and stretches and, you know, you know how that goes. Should have, would have, could have. Yes. (laughs) So here's one of the things that I've been saying in the last few episodes. I talked to a habit specialist and, um, the whole concept of same time, same place sandwich and how we're supposed to like with, let's call it physical therapy right now, you'd pick a same time and a same place within your day to do your therapy and you sandwich it and between two other things that comes super natural to you. So, nice. you know, if that's like a call in the morning with a coach and then you know that you're right. going to walk out the door and go meet a client type of thing. But I yeah. liked that because then there's just a spot that it naturally fits in your day. Forces but, me to do it. Yeah. Yeah, because we like all that. are so guilty of, I hear I should, and unless I'm showing up to meet somebody to do it. The entire summer, I have had on my goal list with my accountability groups that I run to do circuit training, to do some form of resistance like lifting. I have yet to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me feel much better. <laughs> yes. I You're literally... supposed to know better. <laughs> have not lifted once. I'm like, what is my problem? I need life to resume to get some normality back there. <laughs> well, and I think we have to make it resume. I think that's the difference. Yes. Yes. We, we can't wait anymore. You know, right. this is not, this is not going to pass overnight. So it's, a, I think it really is about how we kind of figure out how to move forward and just make the changes and just, and, just do the work, just do it. Right. Oh, agreed. I so agree. When you look at, and this is just back to life in general, your kids, your authors, your people that you can affect our listeners today. Is there like something that you wish through life was shouted at you, or maybe it was like, do you just have this common theme that you wish people would take away from something that you have to offer? Great question. Nothing like that. I had a great answer. (laughs) 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 That's a summing things up. Um, I think I I can't necessarily nail it down to one thing. I think what I've learned from my authors is to approach life with enthusiasm. Mm. That will really carry you. I still remember one. uh, It was a husband of an author of mine at the time. And he pulled me aside one day and he said, you know what makes you different than everybody else that we've spoken to? about her books. I said, what? I'm thinking, was it the price? It's got to be the cost. It's got to be this. And he says, it's your enthusiasm. He says, don't ever lose that. And you know, it, and it impacts how you look at things every day. You can, you can smile as you go through the day and you can laugh. And some days are a lot tougher to do than others. But if you try to go into it with a little bit of enthusiasm and excitement, it really does go a lot better and do something that matters. If you're helping other people, people in the end it'll help you in a backwards kind of way and that's not the reason to do it but it happens right um when i started this company i was at a crossroads the company i was working for at the time doing much of the same work just not as an owner suddenly decided to close 
suddenly to us. I'm sure the owners have been thinking about it. Sure. But they decided to shut the business down. I had weeks earlier just turned 50. I did not plan on going looking for work at 50. Yeah. I was kind of figuring I was getting into a groove. I was working with my author. I had this thing going where we're doing publishing, et cetera, and, and had to decide at that point, do I want to go back out into the workforce? So I want to compete with, with these kids half my age and what it takes to do that and be super aggressive again in a very different way. Yeah. Or do I want to start my business and build on what I've been doing for the last six or seven years? And one of the things that pulled me in this direction was, again, at 50, for me, it was, I had done so many things in life, so many random jobs that I just decided I wanted to make a difference for a change. Can I find something that'll actually matter? You know, I sold software licenses at one point in my life. You, you can't even, what is it? It doesn't even exist. It's just a file somewhere, right? <laughs> but a memoir or a book. Or the story that hand, gets handed down to the, the grandkids and the great grandkids uh, who didn't know that about Pop Pop. That matters. It does. And that's such a cool feeling to know that in some special, in some way, we're, some small way, we're actually making a difference. And I'm fortunate enough that everybody on the team feels the same way. They've got yeah. this mindset enough. We don't need to do all that other stuff. If we can somehow cover our bases, you know, keep food on the table, roof over our head, et cetera, and still do something that actually matters. How cool is that? Uh, that's, that's what drives us. That is so awesome. And how long did it take to build this team or did it kind of develop quickly for you? It did not develop quickly. Um, it's been over time. It's been very organic. One thing okay. leads to another kind of thing. Um, the first year, year and a half, I didn't have a, uh, a designer that I work with all the time. I was kind of working with different people. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then I was introduced by uh, a common acquaintance. Andrew introduced me to my current designer and it clicked. We're different personalities, but boy, do we click and we get along and it's gotten to the point where he can read my mind and it just goes from there. And it makes things so much smoother. Um, he's got tremendous patience for me <laughs> when I start throwing <laughs> things at him. And, and all the team members are like that. It's been just over time, an introduction or a chance meeting, those kind of things. Um, because we work so closely together, even though we are remote, we all talk multiple times a day in most cases. You know, we function like a team in, a, in an office that sits all together. Yeah. Even though we're, we're spread out. Um, which is amazing. It's just, a, it's about clicking. You, you've got to find the right, and we haven't done that all the time. I have made some, some, uh, some, some hires that just didn't work out. Different personalities, but clicking, what we do is very unique. We do keep weird hours. Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it is a weekend. Sometimes it's late at night. Uh, it's, it's all over the board. Many of the authors we work with have day jobs. You know, they have something else going on like yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, the book was only part of what you were bringing to bear. And you can only focus so much of your time on that. So we find ourselves working really weird hours sometimes. And it takes a special kind of person to, to put up with that weird shift sometimes. So if somebody wanted to reach out to you, if this was, Certainly. if it was something that was kind of burning on their soul, but they haven't even put words on paper yet, what's your recommendation of what's that time frame that they should be reaching out? They can reach out at any point in time, actually. They don't have to have a full manuscript written. I'm more than happy to talk to somebody who says, I've got this great idea, but I don't even 
oh, is there too many books done on it? Or I think I've analyzed it, but what am I not thinking about? Mm-hmm. I'm more than happy to jump on a quick phone call. We could schedule something and, and just talk for a few minutes and see if I can poke holes in it, help or, or point, out, point out things that maybe they didn't know to ask. Right. You know, like in your case, you, you just didn't know what to ask. You had thought about this, obviously, and you had talked about it and worked on it with Andrea's help. But you know, going into it, there's still so many things. You just don't know the questions to ask. Right. And that's really what we're there for. You, know, you and, can go online. You can Google things. You can look things up. I, I can look up how to run wiring and install ceiling things. I'm not an electrician, and I really shouldn't be doing that kind of work. Right. And it's just such a faster way to get to like the real information. Again, that sit down and even virtual makes it that much quicker. You're not even leaving your house. Like, but to like, yeah, Certainly, because it allows you as an author to focus on what you do best. And that's right. You bring the content. You have the story. That's not something I can help you with, right? I can't help write your story. My team and I can absolutely help you share it and mm-hmm. deliver it in a way that respects the content, re- respects your story or your, your, your grandfather's story, what have you, and does it in a way that's extremely professional, eats all the existing book standards, looks really good, and doesn't look like something that you put together with the best of efforts, but just kind of falls short. Right. I remember you telling me, you're like, Lindsay, my company name is on your book. It's, I want it to look good. (laughs) I appreciate hearing that, that you too want something out in the world to be proud of. And it gave me a lot of confidence in that. Um, Great. I appreciate that. We do. It's my, it's my family name. I don't take that lightly. I don't want the name showing up on something that embarrasses me to, to, to show people or for me to, to show my parents. Right. Yes. I I, I don't want to be embarrassed when I show mom. Right. Right. I love that you just said that. <laughs> oh, thank you again. I, I just want to respect it's your been time a pleasure. I'm going to shout all your information out there. I feel like for thank our you. dreamers of the world, this you brawler books brings it to a reality. It really can happen. Thank and you. It is doable. Just encourage people to not hesitate if they think they've got a story to tell because we're there to help tell their story. Oh, so good. I picture, I always picture like nursing homes and all these people who would love to just sit and talk and tell their story, you know, and, and, or a grandparent, like my husband was always really good about asking my grandparents about their history. He knew so much more about their upbringing. I'm like, why? We are not always good about asking into, into, you know, like, uh, like you were saying a grandparent to pass down a book to, share with grandkids and grand- oh, that's awesome. I get chills. Oh, it's eye opening. Yeah, no, it is. It's I, a real quick story is we did a book for somebody. Um, he was 94 at the time when we started working his book and he had lived in his case, he had lived through Nazi Germany. It turned out to be a, uh, it's, it's about 800 pages. No kidding. With about 500 pictures in this thing. It's massive. But the, the, the point being when the book was finally published other than his granddaughter who through the course of the, the, the process of publishing it stepped up to edit, help him cull down all the stuff he had saved. Nobody in his family, his kids, his grandkids, his wife had a full understanding of what his childhood was like. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? No, they knew, they knew she knew. 
he grew up in Germany, obviously. They had been married for decades, but she didn't know the whole story, and he didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. He did not want to go through that again. It didn't matter. He's where he was because of what he did in his life, and that's just the way it was. Well, published the book largely because he reached a point where he realized he wanted the rest of the family and his grandkids and great-grandkids to understand history firsthand so that the mistakes that were made in the past wouldn't be repeated again. And when we did that book, it just gave me chills because I'm looking at this for the first time, knowing that his family was hearing about it for the first time. Yeah. It's like phenomenal. that could have all disappeared. All of that yes. Yes. could have just gone. And, uh, and that's, you know, and I'm reading that I'm doing the same thing you did. I wish I would have asked my grandparents more questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially now, because I would love to have that in some kind of written form that I could share with my kids. Yes. I got, I got scattered stories. That's all I have. So if, if, if your listeners, if there's a listener out there who has those stories captured somewhere and wants to preserve them, if only just to have a couple of books on hand, do it, whether it's through us or anybody, don't lose that. Yeah. Um, you know, take advantage of that and preserve it. Well, you just hit and the nail on the head. stories are different. Yeah. Okay. So we have to pause with this for a second because I think people feel like if I'm going to publish something, there's, I've got to like order a thousand books with it. And like you just said, it could literally be, it, it can be five, you know, like it can just be a book be. for your own shelf. I'm not saying that that's the, but don't let that be a barrier of like the difference between doing it or not. Absolutely agree. You know, we work with a number of authors. We work with business authors, obviously, like yourself, right? And you're going to you're gonna have reasons for those books that's going to promote your business and help you build your business. But on the other end of the spectrum, we absolutely have folks. So we just finished a book, as a matter of fact. It's a, a gentleman who has letters and poetry and some random photographs uh, of his grandfather who fought during World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wanted to preserve those things. And just before I jumped on this call, I was reviewing emails, making sure that we've got everything lined up to get his books ordered. And he's ordering 20. <laughs> yeah. Just for family. It's not for sale. It's not going to be on Amazon or anything like that. But when I handed him the book in a parking lot at arm's length a week ago, he looked at <laughs> it and he's like, thank you. You have no idea what. To do. And it's just, it's cool. Now everybody, they're preserving that history and, and they know what their grandfather did. And I'm sure that some of the kids are like, really? Really? I was related to somebody that did these things? Um, we do. We do. We publish different than a lot of other companies. Yeah. We focus heavily on the content and the message and the story. Whether you order books, one book, a thousand books, whatever the quantity is, that's that's not what drives what we do. It's a matter of helping you tell your story. That's, that's again, I can't reiterate it enough. That's what matters. Um, and we'll help you do that and fix that. And if yeah. you want to order just a couple of books at a time for the next 10 years, sure. No problem. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I was going to say is sometimes it might be the, what gets somebody to commit to it, but once it's written and it's out there, it, <laughs> I'm sure it's never just a couple of books. Like then it's never just is. Fun. No, <laughs> no, it, it gets, our, it, the, the word gets out. The yeah. gentleman I just wrote the book. So his grandkids and great grandkids could know his story mm-hmm. over time. He's probably sold three, at least 300 copies of that. 
-hmm. He does not have 300 grandkids. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Because somebody he meets, somebody he plays tennis with. When I met him, he was 94 years old, still playing tennis once a week. Um, you know, his, his tennis buddies wanted copies and then somebody saw it on their coffee table and it's that organic growth. That's really kind of fun with what we do where, and I could, I could bore you all day stories. It's not boring. It's awesome. Of copies. Yeah. Um, And you come to find out that there's just, there's more traction and, and some of these come back. We're starting again this summer, seeing, uh, authors that we haven't talked to in a couple of years, come back and say, you know what? I need another 25 books or another 50 books because somebody heard about it. Then they told somebody, then they told somebody and now they can't get it. They're calling me at home. So please run more books. Yeah. That one of them was me. I I know I reached out. (laughs) I'm like, I'm fresh out and it's time. (laughs) I need more. We're we're there to work with our authors long-term. It's not about a transaction. It's about a relationship. And we're there to support them as they move forward with their book and, and all the different ways it might impact their lives. And honestly, you can really tell that truly. It, Thank you. It was a pleasure the entire way through. Well, you made it easy. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> well, you are a blessing, David. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Lizzie. You're quite welcome. All right. Take care. Thank you for joining me today. If this topic served any purpose for you, or you could picture that exact person who needed this, I'm always honored when you share the episode. We are making 2020 the year that we are going to pour motivation and inspiration onto others. I also always appreciate when you leave reviews on iTunes and rate the podcast. I send you off with all the praise and momentum you deserve for staying open to new information, keeping an open mind to the fact that our journey will look different now, a year from now, five years from now, slow and steady, y'all. It's not always instant gratification and it's not always that exciting but a much gentler, redeeming path that will serve you well throughout all of the years of every season of life. I cannot wait to catch up next Friday. Cheers to health and happiness.